The Rock Drive. Mad Dog. It's New Zealand's fastest growing club, our Mad Dog Club. And if you get in and there has been a shade over 100 Mad Dogs that we've put in our Mad Dog Club, you get a baller Mad Dog Club ring and the entries have been coming in thick and fast after people saw this. Mm. Um, and our next person that, that I think has got, probably he is a worthy applicant, but I want you to hear it as well, Jay. Um, Michael Lewis, uh, sorry, Reese Lewis, uh, we welcome onto the show. Uh, welcome, mate. How's things? Good, Nance. How's everyone? All right. We're yeah, good. We're not bad, mate. I'm excited. Dunk has been uh, rubbing his hands together all afternoon in anticipation of me hearing this yarn. Uh, he said it's right in my wheelhouse, so I look forward to it. It's it's an interesting story indeed. Okay. Started a few years ago. Um, back a few years ago, we were we were taking landmines out um, in just below Tanzanian border oh, man. Uh, for a seismic operation that the Americans had come in and they were looking for oil, obviously. Um, I was probably the worst possible example of a health and safety officer I've ever heard of. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> a few weeks in, I started having the, the fevers, the notorious malaria fevers, and thought I'd just push through and have whatever tablets I needed to, to make me get through. Uh, day two, I started feeling a little bit worse for wear, and I actually went to a meeting with all the medics. Um, we had about 13 medics on site there. And as I stood up to give my little lecture, I fell over uh, and woke up to a huddle of them over me. Anyway, what had happened is I, I come down with quite bad malaria. Um, I, I, unbeknown to me, I had a bit of complications and I went into full black water fever. Um, uh, the mortality rate on that is, is pretty high. It's about 97%, so I was quite serious. Anyway, the decision was made to medivac me out. Um, we were quite far from everything, so they cut a, a chopper pad. Chopper came in, picked me up, uh, rushed me back to the closest airport, uh, which was a few hours away, I landed there. An ambulance jet was waiting for me, uh, which yeah, basically shipped me back to back to South Africa, into Johannesburg. Went straight into hospital, into ICU. Um, I actually didn't feel too bad. I thought I was okay until the doctor said to me, mate, <laughs> you're in a bit of trouble here. You need to actually phone your missus and have a quite a serious conversation with her because wow. if you don't wake up tomorrow you did that's basically what happened so, so yeah, okay, what is just what we've what is black water fever is that just a term that they give you but it's so a 97 percent chance that you would die once you get that correct black water fever basically what happens is you your organs go into failure and your red blood cells implode um so it blocks all your kidneys and everything and you die <laughs> so, so you basically bleed out you bleed out you bleed to death um, yeah, so I obviously I woke up the next morning, um, and I I wasn't great. Uh, but about two days later, um, I had further complications, and hang I went on, into, oh, hang on, uh, uh, hang on, Reese. We might just jump in. I'm just going to jump yeah. in with a question, Reese. So you yeah. get, you get told you need to make a tough phone call to your wife, and you you've yeah. also been told that there's a 97 percent chance you're not going to make it through the life uh, through the night. How did that phone call go? But to be honest, Doug, I can't really remember. I remember <laughs> phoning her, uh, but I've gone through, I've gone through a few other things in my life, so it was sort of a norm for 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 Jen to get a call like this. So she's pretty used to, um, yeah, me being pretty close to to seeing the pearly gates. Can we can we just <laughs> on that? Can we just can you just give me maybe a couple of other examples as to why she wouldn't be shocked to get this phone call? Ah, oh, 
Jeez, I've I've uh, been shot at a few times. I've been sh- stabbed. Um, I've had to shoot at people from inside my house. I've, I've anyone in my sort of age bracket from South Africa will have a bit of a military history as well. Um, what other things? Numerous injuries uh, with rugby and a little bit of bar fighting and a few other things. <laughs> so I've probably broken I've probably broken every bone on the right hand side of my body to be honest um, through different events. Okay. So she, she, I, I, I think she, she, she knew it was serious, but um, maybe downplayed it a little bit. So you wake so, up. Yeah. You, so you wake up in the morning, and the doctor walks in. Congratulations, you're still alive. And <laughs> then he then delivers not good news. There's actually some more bad news on the horizon. Well, he didn't know about it. I mean, I was in ICU. I was I was pretty pretty well, you know, worse off. And um, about I think it was day two. My arm felt like it was in a fire, so I called the nurse and and I and she came and lifted the covers and her eyes went wide and she ran out the room, and I thought, holy shit, what's going on here? Anyway, it turns out I went into septicemia, <gasps> and my vein where they put the drip in on field had solidified. <gasps> so if I if I bent my arm, that would have obviously broken and I would have bled. I would died within twenty minutes. So I went in for emergency surgery. And there's the wonderful score. Wow. Holy shit. Man, that's cool. Yeah. So this is radio. It goes from uh, top of the bicep, down yeah, past the elbow, then uh, to the top of the forearm. She's a beauty. That is, yeah. that's, that is the main one that and feeds had, into your I've armpit. Some, I've, had some little, I've had some little stitches uh, tattooed just as a reminder every day. <laughs> it looks pretty cool. It looks mean. <laughs> and then so, anyway, I, 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 got, I got through it all. And, um, yeah. Two weeks, two weeks in ICU. Um, I got flown back to my hometown. I landed there, and I had I'd lost twelve kgs of muscle mass, so I wasn't looking great. Um, and got through it. Uh, it took me quite a few, 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 quite a while to recover. Um, obviously, you know, I, I wasn't great, but I'm better now. So that's the main thing, <laughs> mate. You're chipper as any more. Then, miss- have you done any more missions to go and pick it up? You know, peel out the landmines in Tanzania. No, no, no. I, I stopped after that. Um, but I did a month later. Um, I was on the sea. We, I was part of a, a security group, an armed security group uh, for anti-piracy. So we were cruising up past Somalia. And, um, yeah, we, and then I came home after that. But I had to – I wasn't looking great, and I had to hide the scar from the lads. And um, obviously with the vein that they took out, there was a lot of excess fluid and buildup in my elbow, so I had to syringe that out every day. Um yeah, it was interesting. We didn't come across any pirates, but it was good fun anyway. Oh. And that's why I moved. And, that's, and then, yeah, I, I was told that I really couldn't do any more expat work into Africa. Uh, there was no chance. If, if, I, if it happened again, I probably wouldn't make it through. Um, and I made the decision to move to beautiful New Zealand. Mate, and, and from America. all of that to um, to driving a Mr. Whippy van now, making ice creams for people, that's amazing. What a story. <laughs> Fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> I'm a sociable person. <laughs> Oh my gosh! That is honestly one of the Poor. best Mad Dog um, yarns we've had. You're absolutely 100% in the club, hundred percent in the club. Welcome yes, to please. the Mad Dog Club, mate. Reese, well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Hundred percent of Mad Dog, uh, and we will get the the bling out to you so you can rip it um, loud and proud. Absolute legends. I will certainly do so. Have you got any fingers on a hand for this ring to sit on? You kind of strike me as a person that's just running a couple <laughs> well, of beer clubs. 
that one's that one's gonna that one's pretty mounted. It doesn't look great, so <laughs> I probably would go that one there. That one's been in plastic quite a few times, and I've had surgery. Yeah. Oh my but God. that one looks pretty good. I can't wear a wedding ring, unfortunately, but I'll I'll make it fit. Ah, <laughs> uh, well done. A polished diamonds jewelry design, uh, Mad Dog ring is heading your way, and uh, it'll take pride of place on whatever buckled rat talon you can put it on. <laughs> uh, I will wear it with pride. Definitely. Oh, you absolute legend. Um, how many landmines are this is like completely, you know, irrelevant chat, but how yeah. many landmines are in there now? Did you just basically well, have to go minesweeper? Yeah, yeah, basically. There's there's a lot. I mean it's all post perfect area, so um none none of them were ever marked. Um that's why you see a lot of people walking around there or not walking around but hobbling around on one leg. Um it's it's quite a it's quite a serious thing. Um, you know, it's all post conflict areas. Um, I think we pulled out probably about forty in a in a around a, a, a power tower on the first mission that we had, and we found we found remains of of, of, of a body as well. We obviously have been blown up, but I mean there's no record of it. It's quite a serious thing. Uh, it's actually very serious. Um, and what what happens is we 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 used to go in. I was I was part of a group that literally. Did the the removal of the landmines for for seismic or for commercial use, um, and we would clear the area, and then obviously the guys would go in and, and explore after that. So what, very interesting. How do you how do you what is the process in behind clearing a landmine? Like, do you put on a, like a big flak suit and then come in from a literally 45? literally literally like you said in the movies, mate? Obviously, you 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 do a, a, a search, a general sweep, and as soon as you find the landmine, that area is blocked off. And then you do it literally meter by meter. So when the guys do find a landmine, it's full full battle dress. And obviously you clear the area, they pull the landmine out. We store them. And then the best the best part of it was demo day. Because we would build, you know, we'd blow up 30 landmines. It was fantastic. What? It was really great. And so, how do you blow up a landmine? Do you just chuck a rock from a distance? With explosive. <laughs> <laughs> a big hefty throw into a top. No, no, you've got to you've got to clear uh, clear areas, obviously cordon off areas, and it's literally done with uh, with explosives. Wow! Um, we, the first time we did we did a electronic uh, fuse, that didn't work. So you've got to sit. I think you've got to sit there. The clearance time is a few hours, and then we eventually went to the old the old manual method where we put a fuse in and lit it. And it took about ten minutes to eventually get to the charge point, and it blew. Holy shit! And it's so, very interesting. how um, having never um searched for landmines, how do you know what ones yeah. there? Because aren't they buried, or do they have a sticks uh, like a little wee? Well, there's, there's quite a few different types. I mean, you get your little interpersonal, which are really tiny, and they, they they'll blow your leg off and maybe and obviously kill you ultimately. But the problem with those is most of the time they're made out of plastic, so the only metal part on it is a is a little metal pin. And you you literally have to sweep with the minesweeper. And as soon as you find one, I mean, it's it's no no vehicle. No, you, we did find one or two big big landmines. Yeah, uh, but most of them are sort of anti personnel little little chaps, man. Yeah, okay. So, and so you, um, you're just using a metal detector to sweep across the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I wasn't. Um, obviously, we got our mine, our, you know, our demanders. Um, we we used to run a team of about a thousand, about eight hundred guys. And you would you would literally go and what we do, we would call it grass cutting. So you got a you got a deep land surveyor, and it's all done literally by by numbers and whether whether the chances are that they're landmines or not. I mean, you knew the areas that they were in. 
Yeah. Um, and we would clear the area and then obviously do an intense search closer as we got to the, the points. Do you and then we would find the landmark. Do you have like locals mm. that go, um, hey, we've fucking just seen about six kids on their way to school just fly through the air, so there's a place here that you probably should get in and check out? Because that's the problem is when everyone fucks there's, off and everyone moves back into the area post-conflict, then you're just yeah. – you've got no idea. There were, there were a number of, of organisations um, that did it for humanitarian reasons. Uh, Halo was one of them, the Halo Trust, which Lady died actually started. So they would go around, and if, if a mortar or something was found, they would go and remove. But ours was literally for commercial. So generally, the areas that we we worked in were very remote, um, and they were doing they were doing seismic tests, obviously for oil draws and things like that. Um, saying that, we were we were working in the, one of the projects that I worked on just past the South African border. Uh, there were a whole lot of schools around the area, and they knew they knew that there were no there were landmines around the power posts. And I mean, you, you can see it, you know, people, you don't stray from any path, right? You walk down there and you stay on that path because there's a chance that, so what, what we do is you've got markers. So when we clear an area, we actually mark it and mark it by GPS. So there's actually a painted stone on there. And people can see that this area is clear. So it's a long, slow process. Oh. And unfortunately, normal, normal rules of, of war, you would, you would literally, you would log where landmines or, or explosives are put. Um, but there was nothing like that there. So we did have a case where we'd been walking on the pathway and we had heavy rain. Um, and I I was actually walking along. I saw a little pin sticking up and there was a mine each side of the path. So obviously that got closed off. And we'd been walking through there for two weeks. So I mean, any, you know, yeah, so it's interesting. Very interesting. You would think they would have come up with a, like a, um, a landmine vehicle that could just um, withstand the, the explosion. Yeah, they've got to drive big, over them they, and set them yeah. off. They've got a tank with a spinning yeah, chain they, in the front of it. They do it. Yes, yeah, it's a big roller, and that just that just blows everything up. Um, and generally, an anti-personnel mine won't won't affect the vehicle. The problem is the areas we were working were so rugged and, and you know terrain. Yeah, you couldn't you literally couldn't drive a vehicle, and so you had to you had to do the manual process. And then um, um, when when you find one, um, like what is the process of getting it out of the ground? You just dig it up with a spade and try not to set it off while you're in your suit. No, literally, you clear, you clear around it. Yeah, um, and then. Generally, the guys go in and they, they put a, a knife or something under it, lift it up slowly, and then and then take the debt out. Oh, and then we blow the debt out. So it's yeah. The main the main guy I worked with, um, his hand literally looked like that because he had blown off all his fingers. <laughs> we used to, we used to call him the frustrated hitchhiker because he had the. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> now, and your and your message as well, because um, yeah, I'm sure people would want to hear about it. And your message as well, you were chatting about the fact that there was quite a problem with lines uh, where you were operating. Yes, um, again, the area we're in. Um, the, the, prior to us arriving, the pride of lions had killed thirty people. <sighs> so. The Americans came in and they, they, when they come in, they literally drop a city in, but they put big, you know, 12 foot or 14 foot fences up. And we were outside living in canvas tents. Oh, and the one day the environmentalists arrived and they, they had bought two goats along with them. And they were tied up. And I, I went, I eventually the curiosity got to me. I said, What are you, what are you doing with these goats? And they had actually tied the one goat to a post to bait the lions to come in so they could relocate them. 
Oh. Uh, something like Jurassic Park. Yeah, I was going to say. The uh, but not thinking that we were actually outside of the camp in, in tents. So I, I said to the guys, well, I'm not very happy with that because, you know, if the lion comes in and we're here, we've, we've got no chance. But anyway, they, they agreed and they moved it a few k's away. And I think they caught one of, or three of them and relocated them. They were, they were just the stragglers. The main product that got, got them out, but they were straggler lions that were obviously still in the area. A funny story as well, our cleaner, <laughs> we, had the, we had a cleaner and our, she, she went in to clean the lawn drops. And I heard this almighty scream and she came running out and there was a leopard in the toilet. <laughs> no. I presume oh, not taking a shit, yeah. but it was just there chilling. <laughs> just, just, just out of the heat. <laughs> just chilling on. <laughs> just having a drink out of the bowl. Enjoying, enjoying the area. <laughs> Holy shit. Man. It's such, it is yeah, literally, the, it's the wild, like, it's proper wild, eh? That is just different, still... Different world. T- it was actually quite humbling, Jay. The little the little guys, the local guys, uh, we, you know, we came rumbling in our big shiny utes, and these guys had never seen themselves in a mirror before. Wow. So you know they would they would they would see the reflection and sort of just uh, very very humbling, um, and yeah. Recently, there's been a lot of conflict up there. A place called Palma. So um, one of the Islamic terrorist groups have been in there, and it, they've they've actually killed a whole lot of people. So quite territorial, and it's it's a serious place. Eh? Man, I've, I've yeah, read... Africa's 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 not for sissies, mate. Right? No way. Um, a friend of mine yeah. was t- who was in the military was telling me about his mate that was doing the similar sort of work, but doing um, mine clearing in Afghanistan. And they had these massive, yep. big, massive dogs, and he'd have his full suit on, and he'd be trying to like pull apart an IED, and uh, and he could just hear the chains off these fucking massive dogs because I'd let these dogs off, and they'd just come charging towards him, and he's like, oh, I don't give a shit, and he'd just get ragdolled in his suit by these big can't fucking bite, can't bite them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of a lot of a lot of guys I work with, um, a lot of my mates are still in, in Afghan clearing. So I work for a company called G4, which was based in the UK, and all all ex, um, you know, obviously mine mine clearings and and yeah, interesting, very interesting. How do you get into that? Very, How do you go? You know what I want to do? I want to end up like the frustrated hitchhiker. <laughs> my my wonderful looks and incredible personality. <laughs> uh, no, I. <laughs> I went. I went along and got myself a a, a, a bloody health and safety, um, dipl- not a diploma, but a, a certification. And I met a guy one day. We were talking, and he said, "Oh, they were they were demining or sweeping for mines, sweeping mines." And I said, "Geez, how do you get into that?" And he said, "Well, have you got any any health and safety?" And I said, "Yeah, I'll go do it." And I went and got an EBOSH certificate. Um, but I have to. I was a little bit confused when he said they were sweeping mines because I thought they were actually sweeping gold mines or something. And I thought, geez, you're getting paid a fortune for. Until I got there and realised that we were <laughs> sweeping mines. <laughs> didn't read the fine print. <laughs> but you didn't read the fine print that day. But anyway, yeah, I, I got into it from there. And obviously, once you get one sort of contract, it just it goes from there, and you go from one to the next. Eh? Holy um, shit! And it's it's almost like a an old boys club, I guess. And, um, yeah, just, yeah, it was fun. Unfortunately, my contract got cut short after I, I couldn't work anymore. After you almost died. Um, but it's, yeah, yeah, it was, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> life experiences and, and, yeah, great, 
a, a good time when I was there, I must say. And then, Met uh, some really good guys and fellas and, yeah. Obviously, at the end of um, your term, you jumped on the computer and you Googled, where is there a country in the world that has nothing that wants to kill you? <laughs> yeah, no landmines, no lions, <laughs> and we popped up. <laughs> You oh, well, I, I didn't do too badly. I mean, I, 20, I don't know if you, the, the end of my message here, 2016, um, I came off a three and a half meter deck and I broke my back. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I broke my back and broke a few ribs and went to the docs, told me I'd be in rehab for eight months. And I ran a half marathon in month five. <laughs> So it hasn't been all pain sailing down New Zealand. Oh, my gosh. Shit, you're an absolute treat, Reese, mate. Oh, we appreciate wow. uh, you coming on for a chat. Um, just Thanks, boys. What an amazing time. You're you're an amazing human. We bloody love uh, having people like you in New Zealand. Yeah. And here's me complaining about my bruised no. thumb. And your bruised nose. He's been banging on about it, mate. This guy's broken his back and he fought off lines. <laughs> Lovely. This is Jay and Dunk's podcast, and it's bloody good to have you listening.